This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast revisiting television sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Time Cop, Episodes 1 and 2. If Gull was the Ripper and he was killed on November 7th, how then could he murder his fifth and final victim, Mary Kelly, two days later? That, Officer Hemmings, is a true time paradox, and I'd suggest the source of your ripple. Someone must have gone back and taken out Jack the Ripper. Well... Mary Kelly still died, so obviously this guy is no saint. Maybe he went back to take the Ripper's place. If you're right, I don't want to think about the domino effect this sick puppy could have on history. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast traveling back in time via forgotten sci-fi television. <laughs> I am Luke, here's my co-host, the man with the jork tan, Jordan. <laughs> hold on, hold on, I'm the man with the jork tan? Yeah, you're jork tan Jordan. <laughs> I've been called worse. Summertime, you got those jorts on, you're out there showing off that tan. You don't know whether they're calling yeah, yeah. your name or they're saying jork tan at you. <laughs> jork tan. I, can't, I thought you were saying jork town, like J-O-R-K. <laughs> I was like, jork? What is a jork tan? You get that jork tan in jork town. Mm-hmm. Hey, but I have something that's real. It's, it's, it's a line I enjoyed on this uh, show. And someone said, uh, what's your safeguard? And then our main character, the real cool guy, goes, the only safeguard I need, my instinct. That's right. And I was like, someone wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) The more I watch this character, the more I'm like, John Logan, he's my buddy Jordan. Got so much in common with him. (laughs) No, no, you didn't think that. You thought, hey, he's got a lot in common with every other cool white male character we're supposed to like between the eras of like 1975 and 1995 i mean he's got the same jork tan as you so (laughs) i keep hearing jork town (laughs) all right well this week we're watching a new tv series time cop time cop Um, jack logan jack logan solving crimes time crimes i'm assuming you never saw the show but did you ever watch the jean-claude van damme movie okay i have a couple confessions to make to you luke no great one I think I've only seen parts of Time Cop, the movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh. I think it was like one of those things that would play on TV all the time. So I've, I've seen probably 75% of it, not in order. Now, we were talking about this show whenever it was, months ago. This is not the show I thought it was. I thought I've seen this show because it was a show that is very, very similar to this, that in the same time period. And I was like, hey, I'm going to remember this. And then I started watching this and I went, No. I haven't seen this show. You've mentioned, so I don't know what that other show is. You've mentioned this show for years, and I, I always with this like yeah. soft idea that you would enjoy it, but I guess that you because you thought it was something else. Yeah, it was a different show. As soon as like thirty seconds into this, I was like, "This is not the show I watched." All right. Well, did you know then <laughs> that the Jean Claude Van Damme movie and also this movie is based on a comic? I did know that. Yeah, a Dark Horse uh, anthology series. Yeah. See, you you know a lot about old time cop. I know I know a little bit of a little bit, you know? Did you know enough of the lore from the movie to pick up on it in the show, or is this all like you don't know no. any of the rules? Well, I don't. I didn't know the rules, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you know the movie. I've seen it for sure. I definitely remember the like major rules. How close is this to the movie? Like all that that uh, the universe and the rules and the world we're living in. Oh, they're definitely like we don't see any of the like consequences of the rules, but they seem to be mentioning them in these episodes. 
That's uh, actually like, a nitpick thing I have. We'll talk about later. And the and the method of time travel is the identical. And I couldn't tell you for sure if the set for the Time Cop headquarters is identical, but I feel like it must hmm. be fairly similar. Hmm. And then, cylindrical. <laughs> cylindrical. Spinning. <laughs> Desks that spin. Yeah. Um, well, Time Cop, the series, ran on ABC from September 22nd to 1997 to July 18th, 1998. Um, I've actually stopped after five episodes in mid-October, and then, you know, the rest were, like, dro- dumped in uh, yeah. the summer. Yeah. But you get the idea. This feels like it aired way earlier, though, doesn't it? Doesn't this feel like it should be about 1992? I mean, it, it's a good question. It, it's a very odd little show. Mm-hmm. You just think of other things that were, like... Didn't The Sopranos start in, like, 1999? Yeah, probably around then, huh? Probably like, 98, So, like, a even. year later? This show looks like it's 30 years older than that. <laughs> the effects are a little better than that. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, well, Jordan, do you want to know what the current events were during Time Cop? Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. That's September 22nd, 1997 to July 18th, 1998. Uh, October 16th, the first color photo was on the front of the New York Times. Oh, Weird. They were. It was black and white photos. Pretty late, eh? Pretty late for them to get a color. Yeah. Photo. Interesting. Uh, June twenty fifth, Windows ninety eight released. <laughs> I like that. It seems like in, in these, uh, what what happened? It's always a Windows related thing. <laughs> uh, July fifth, Japan launches probe to Mars, becoming the third spacefaring nation. I remember that. And born in this period of time on July eighth, not one. But two Nepo babies. <laughs> what does that mean? Two Nepo babies on the same day, Jordan. It was Jaden Smith and Maya Hawk. Oh. <laughs> wow. Everyone's very young. Everyone's very young. It's true. Nepo babies. I never heard that term before. I think it's popular with uh, the the Gen Zs. I heard it somewhere. Is that right? That's what. That's, what, that's how they refer to like when they find out like one of the one of their favorite stars is uh, turns out has two like very like blue linked Wikipedia parents. Right. That's how you and I got this podcast. Yeah, nepotism definitely got us where we are today. Your dad. Your dad invented the podcast <laughs> in 1985. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And Jordan. Hmm. One last thing for you on as terms of what's happening in the world. There are five continuum drag shows that we watched during this period, and I believe two series and three TV movies. Okay. How many can you guess? I'm going to say uh, Freaky Links. Okay. No. Uh, what's, that, what's that one where they're in a computer? Where they're in a computer. Oh. And, and San- Santiago's the bad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A harsh Realm. Harsh Realm. No. Oh, that's not one. Um, uh, a space above beyond. N- no. Um, I'm doing really well. Um, I'm gonna just keep going. And we watched some TV movies. Was one of the TV movies that one where the um the aliens want to make babies? No. Remember that one? <laughs> I was do. It the, what was that? Called? Was it the uh baby time monster alien? And uh, remember there was a, uh, what was the, the TV movie where the guy imagines a, a dinosaur, a robot dinosaur that eats cars? Oh, was yeah. What was that one called? Uh, robot dinosaur. Crunchosaurus guy. Rex. <laughs> Crunchosaurus Rex. Yeah, yeah. Crunchosaurus Rex. Anyways, I'm not going to get any of these. What were they? Uh, November 1st, Sleepwalkers. Oh, Sleepwalkers. Yeah, that was forgettable. December 28th, 
Justice League of America. <laughs> All right, no one will remember that. January 27th, Warlord, Battle for the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Osiris Chronicles. Or the Osiris Chronicles. And then, uh, I don't know, I stopped right now the dates for these, but <laughs> in May, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, I forgot about that, too. All these are very, very forgettable. And then finally, in June of 1998, Invasion America. Oh, the cartoon, right? That's the one. What was his glove called? Was it the Exeter? Was it the Ex- I don't remember what it was called. I just remember Yo. He had a special glove and any he- <laughs> It's literally only funny for you and I. Yeah, you should say Yosh to everything. It's great. Yosh. Yosh. I think I recently discovered that that might actually just be Japanese and it might actually be just Japanese for like cool. Oh, yeah, that's not as funny. Anyway, that's what was going on in the world. During time, cut. I feel like I'm there. I you, feel you've like you've gone back. Yeah, you're waiting for Sleepwalkers to premiere. You can't wait to see this new Nick Fury TV movie. Mm-hmm. You're about to turn 25. About to turn 25. <laughs> That's not no, right. It's 19, we're we're turning what 15 at this time? 98. We're, we're 15. Yeah, 15, 16 years old. Something like that, eh? Yeah. Anyway, here's the ID summary for episode one: A Rip in Time. Jack Logan travels to 1888 London in pursuit of a homicidal genius who has taken the place of Jack the Ripper. Okay. A few things. I think that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> a few things to say. First, I didn't realize this is what the show was going to be. I kind of <laughs> thought <laughs> I kind of thought the show was going to be um people people from the future we're coming back to regular time, sort of trying to stop the timeline a la Terminator. That's what I kind of thought it was going to be oh. like. And then when I realized we're going to get a Jack the Ripper episode, the first thing I thought, now I haven't looked ahead. I don't know what the episodes are going to be going ahead. But if there's an episode where they go back and they have to stop someone from killing Hitler, I'm going to flip my lid. I'm telling you, that, <laughs> that better not be an episode. You're, um, you're so and- mad they stole your idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, it's so dumb. And the reason I mentioned that is because this Jack the Ripper is such a weird well for writers to keep going down. I think the last time we saw it was Kolchak. Yeah, yeah. Classical. And it's Jack. just, it just is like, it's, I don't know why it's just so dumb. It's like, uh, Jack the Ripper. Uh, we'll figure out who he is. Who cares? Stupid. <laughs> it's a mystery that's gripped audiences for lifetimes. <laughs> I don't think it is anymore. And also, um, this episode has. Uh, uh, God bless the production designers and stuff. They clearly didn't have a lot of money for like making 1880s uh, England. So it's a lot of uh, atmosphere and stuff to kind of cover the like, you can clearly see this, the seams on the walls to the floor. Um, but these are some of the worst uh, London circa 1880s accents I've ever heard. <laughs> well, that's where we begin in the year 1888 <laughs> in the old town of London, England. And the day can we do the rest of the podcast in those accents. No, you want to do them? Yeah, I can't. Oi, I'm a prostitute. That's how bad it is. I like that they give you the exact day, November 7th. That's right. Because for all those ripper heads, they're like, oh, no, that's the day Susie Johnson got stabbed. And Jack the Ripper is just about to kill his fourth victim. But what's this, Jordan? A man with <laughs> night vision goggles? Yeah. He's carrying an electricity knife? Yeah. Yeah, he is carrying an electricity knife. What do they call it later on? They call it something very specific. It's like, they, they, I know the power is it can cut through anything. That's basically, it's a lightsaber. Yeah, it's like an energy knife or something. I don't know. <laughs> can, can we do, I know we're going to go through the plot, Luke. Can we just talk about it now? Does this guy's motivation make sense? Of course, Jordan. He wants to be, he wants to make sure that 
Jack the Ripper is remembered as history's greatest homicidal genius. <laughs> right. Okay. But here's the here's my point. We were joking about this three seconds ago. We all know who Jack the Ripper is. He is one of the most famous serial killers. The first. But we don't killer. remember him as a homicidal genius, Jordan. So that's that's the this specific this, difference. This he's is the for? specificity this killer has. But, okay, but let me explain this. I'm sorry. I know we have to get into the plot, but it doesn't make any sense. So what we're gonna learn real quick is this is a guy who's time traveling who wants to take the place of Jack the Ripper to do many more murders than Jack the Ripper did and thus become no, not much many more famous. More. Five times as many. <laughs> five times as he many. He says specifically right, he say. he's going to do five times. <laughs> he's going to kill five times right. as many women and that will make him a homicidal genius. But here's what I don't understand. So let's say, so he's done. Like he's, let's say he kills five times as many women and then he goes back into the future and he enjoys his press. Yeah, he just enjoys that people think Jack Ripper killed a few more people. <laughs> but they don't know it's him. No, they don't. So what, is it, what does it matter? Why don't you just go into the future and say that was me? Well, it doesn't change anything. He's just looking forward to opening a textbook, and then someone will have written, Jack the Ripper, history's homicidal genius, killed 25 people. Okay, so I'm not wrong. That is the motivation. That's which it. That's all he's got. That's all he wants to do. Okay. So anyways, that's, that's what we need to know. This guy, that's his, what he wants, and he's going to go back in time to do this for reasons. Yeah, yeah. He shows up. He immediately snapped Jack the Ripper, the real Jack the Ripper's neck. And then the but lady's Luke, just like, you saved me. And he's like, no, I didn't. And he stabs her to death. So, but why didn't he just do this? Why didn't he just go back to any part in time? Because I guess the point is he has the technology so he could be a more effective killer. He could have gone back in any point in time and, and done a a rash of murders and just said, hey, I'm I'm Joe Johnson. Remember me in history. No, no, but he wants what? to give the credit to Jack the Ripper. It's very important to him that Jack the Ripper get the credit. <laughs> I don't understand. It just... He's really, he wants to make sure Jack the Ripper gets his due. <laughs> but but it won't be Jack the Ripper. It's him. But we won't know that, the public. All right, sure. Anyways, yes, he goes to <laughs> kill, kill this prostitute. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we cut then to 2007 at the U.S. Time Enforcement Commission. <laughs> Officer Claire That's so yeah. hilarious. Officer Claire Hemmings is testing her new invention, the Subliminator, on yeah. Officer Jack Logan. And I recognize this actress, and I had to look her up because I was like, I know her face, I know her face, and I only really know her from one role. <laughs> and it's she plays the I think it was called the Ice Princess in Batman Returns. Oh yeah. And she has my and she has my favorite line in that movie, which is, um, she her character is going to be uh, lighting the Christmas tree, and. She has like a fur coat on and she takes her fur coat off and the crowd like sort of like cheers like a whoops and hollers because she's a pretty lady. And she goes, how about that? And I don't know why that made me laugh in 1992. And it's made me laugh every single time I've seen that movie. <laughs> how about that? Anyways, that's what she's from. <laughs> well, how about that subliminator, Jordan? What do you think of that? Well, it's interesting. So maybe you can clarify the technology. So what we do is it looks like you're almost strapped into like a lie detector. But what it is, is it shoots like a digital screen in front of your face that flashes images really quickly. And what it's doing is subliminally adding information that you now know so that you are a better time cop because you know all the ins and outs of a specific time period, correct? That's it. That's what it does. But it doesn't seem like Jack really retains any of that, does it? The, I think what it is is it just like enters his brain and he doesn't realize it's there because he's like not that self-aware. Right. Right. But I'm saying, like, it's not like he went back to the 1880s in this episode 
and in the next episode, the 1970s, it's not like he ingratiates himself smoothly. Well, I don't think it allows you to do that. So I don't know if it helps at all. Just, just gives you headlines. The, the top news of the day. <laughs> yeah, it does. It gives you headlines. It's just like reading Wikipedia, basically. Right. Um, but you're right, though. Uh, as you said, Jack Logan's not going to use it because he thinks learning is dumb and that you should just trust your instincts. Yeah. He's... Um, He's a archetype, as I've mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, that we've seen time and time again. And it's so tired. And I think it was already tired at this point in 1998 of just this guy is like, I just go by my own rules and thus I'm cool. But he hasn't done anything to make you, uh, to justify you as a viewer liking him other than his teeth are like creepily white and his hair is very spiky. It's especially funny in this show where his job on the show is to not alter timelines. So, like, the, his only job is, like, very precision, careful maneuvering. And this character is like, I play by my own rules. Like, those two jobs, they, they don't work together. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I guess we'll send someone else. At any rate, an alert comes in. There's a level three time ripple occurring in 1888. Yeah, how many levels do you think there are in those times? I had that exact same question. I was like, how deep? How many levels can we get to? I bet it's seven. This seems like a three out of seven. <laughs> yeah, this was about a three out of seven. That's pretty low, yeah. if anything. Well, Jack the Ripper only was going to kill five people or something like that, and this guy wants fivefold. <laughs> the uh, chief historian who works at the uh, Time Cup office, Doctor Ale Easter, does a quick, essentially, Google search on his computer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and he pulls up uh, what is essentially a Wikipedia entry where he says that the entry has been changed to say that Jack Thurper's fourth victim was found next to the body of Dr. William Gull, who this horror story and then goes, and I've studied the uh, case of Jack Thurper, and I personally have decided that he was the real Jack the Ripper. Yeah, the show basically says that was the Ripper because as we saw in the first scene, this guy comes in. Um, kills Jack the Ripper, the woman thinks she's saved, then he kills her as well because he's now taken over that place. And so now he's altered history, so there's two dead bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have adjusted the newspaper. I also like that they sort of mention in the opening credits, they're like, hey, you know, it's the future, there's time travel. Uh, somehow criminals have it, so they go back in time and we got to stop them. <laughs> like, there's no explanation for how anyone's doing this. There's like, ah, criminals have it, I guess. Well, we can say it in this one, we find out very, later on, that this guy is not... Because this takes place in 2007. Yes. That's the future in this show. Um, going back to 1888 or whatever it is. But then we find out later on in the third act that the villain in this is from 2020-something. Like, he's from further in the future. Like, 2027. Yeah. and they're just, But they're just like, yep, that's weird. That happens sometimes when you're time yeah, traveling. Uh, at the time cop office, they also have a, a classic captain, Captain Eugene Matuzik played by the mm-hmm. one of the dads from the 70s show. Not the one you know, but the other one, the one who lived next door. <laughs> not Kurtwood Smith. Yes, not him. Um, and he basically orders Jack to uh, make a time insertion and uh, stop the new Ripper. And so uh, Jack asks, he's like, what do you mean? Do I have to save the original Ripper? And his boss is like, no, no, no. You could just let him be dead still. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's like, well, should I save his fifth victim then? And he's like, nah, don't do that either. Don't don't save her. And, he's, and Jack's Jack, like, reacts like, I don't think I can do that. And then, like, three minutes later, she's dead anyway. And I was just like, oh, so he's... I thought the plot was going to be he saves the last victim because yeah. he can't they, do they it. Do, they do sort of set it up that um, his morality um, or his integrity is greater than his desire for his job 
or the ripples that will affect in history. That's that's what they sort of play it up to. You're like, oh, he's going to just, as a guy who plays by his own rules, he's just going to, you know, he's going to have this moral quandary of whether he should save this woman or not. Um, sort of like that's you know that Star Trek episode, the original series, whatever that episode was. Called yeah, yeah. Right said he shows up and she's she's already dead. Like she, he she's shows dead. up, and he's like, oh, she's dead. My, my sorry, my bad. Yeah, exactly. And now you mentioned you make an interesting point, and I'm never gonna let you finish this because I'm just gonna keep nitpicking at this thing. The time travel in this now, time travel's tough. It's always weird, and you have to kind of make your rules, and it's and it becomes challenging, especially when you have this sort of thing where you're going back to try to stop something and they're always like well don't do this and don't do that because you'll change time where we all know if this was actually possible you'd be changing time constantly you'd be changing the future because of the most minor things the whole butterfly effect right um but they sort of like just try to like walk their way over it like like you mentioned with the ripper they're like he's like should i try not having him die they're like and he died six months later so it's fine i was like yes but there's six month window you have now I'll, There's a six-month window that's missing in history. That's what I like about this series is, like, the timeline of this series, it's, it's a little more robust than you think. It can take a few hits and nothing really changes. <laughs> that's, that's a very good way of saying it. You're just like, don't worry. It'll be fine. It's like, I, I know it looks fragile, but it's actually a lot tougher than you'd think. Yeah. It's almost to the point where, like, we don't need these time cops. And uh, how would you describe the time machine they take back to 1888? It's interesting. So again, I don't, I haven't, I don't really remember the movie, but what it looks like is almost like a little mini plane with no wings that's on a track. Yeah, like a jet cockpit. Yeah, exactly, and it, it, very similar to that. And you, you kind of strap yourself in like you're uh, in a plane, and the the cockpit window comes down the same. And then here's something that I don't understand: to shoot you off into time or to a different time. I guess they program it in. There's a guy we've seen occasionally in a chair. I think he's running it. Maybe there's like a guy who's like hooked into the chair in the middle of the room. Oh, you mean the uh, you mean the discount precog from Minority Report? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and so they go into this chair, and then like it shoots you down this tunnel of lights, very similar to how in Space Above and Beyond they kind of launch their ships. Yeah, it seems to be like a Back and, to the Future rules. Like you have to hit a certain speed to get like time velocity. Well, great. I'm like great. I'm all for that. But see, Back to the Future had an out, which is you hit whatever it was, seventy-seven kilometers an hour, or whatever. I can't remember what it is, and. Um, but then on in the past, you just had to do that to get back to the future again. And the whole thing was getting the fuel, right? But this, you use this machine to get into the past. That machine somehow miraculously disappears when you enter the past. Then you have a watch that you could just open a portal and go back into the future. But when you go back to the future, you're back in the ship again. Yes. You, you take, How does that make sense? You take the cockpit into the future through a little wormhole the cockpit does not come with you. It just drops you, the individual human being, just like out of the ceiling, I guess, into a lady's bed. <laughs> In this case, yes. And then when it's time to go, you you look at your uh, fancy wristwatch, you push a button, a time hole opens up, you jump into it, and then back in your time, you're now seated back inside the jet, landing back in the tunnel. But that was, was weird, like, because I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, I guess it needs to hit like a certain certain velocity or something. But it's like, nope. I was like, so why don't you just use that watch to get there? Isn't it easier? No, no, you can't. You got to use the cockpit. It's the only way. <laughs> okay. How are you going to get back? If you don't use the cockpit to get there, what are you coming back on? Oh, I just, the watch seems to do it all. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's very funny. I think that's a complaint from the movie that it like, literally makes no sense how this, why why there's so much like frou-frou around uh, this weird shuttle that doesn't work anywhere else but this tunnel for some reason. Yeah. Anyways, that that's how time travel works in this. Great. 
Uh, anyway, as I've said, done. That's done. Don't worry about it now. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. Lands in 1888, fights some lady's husband after he lands in bed with her. Uh, yeah. Logan steps out into the streets. He's like, I gotta find Jack the Ripper, and then he just hears a scream. The fifth victim's dead. He chases after this new Ripper, gets in a little yeah. fist fight with him in an alleyway. And then this woman, uh, Ann Thompson, like seems to accidentally step out of her like house at that exact moment holding a lantern. And because future Ripper is wearing night vision goggles, it hurts his eyes. That's right. He like whips him off because he gets distracted for a moment. Jack sort of lunges for him. Mm-hmm. And all he gets is his pocket watch before he kind of stumbles. And so the guy gets away, but he's got his pocket watch and he, but he hasn't caught the villain. Yes. And then the 1888 police arrive and Jack is, or, or yeah, Jack Logan's arrested on the spot. Yeah. Cause he looks bad because the woman's dead and he's right there. And you know, what's weird about it. There was never any sense. No, that, no, I should say this show moves at a real clip. Like it moves very fast and it's, it feels fast. Like they don't waste time. Like it's dumb, but they don't waste a lot of time with like shoe leather. Um, but Jack, there was never a sense that there was any real peril or any real danger. He never acts, acts like he's worried at all. Like he just, he kind of, he's not really smarmy, but he's sort of like just this side of sarcastic and kind of like devil may care at all times. And it's like, you would be very worried. You're caught by police in the 1800s and you were caught red handed over a murder and you have no way out and he's just like whatever tuesday you gotta trust those instincts jordan i guess <laughs> if I guess. anything he's true know. to his own character nothing phases him he's just like nothing phases I, him. i guess yeah. i'll just figure out how to get out of this using my instincts yeah but he, does, he doesn't even seem to like to to have that moment of like i guess i better figure it out he's just like guess it's gonna work out no i think for his instincts he means he just like is a dumb guy who just sits back it's like ah well i guess we'll just this will work out right yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which it does. Uh, Scotland Yard investigator Wells shows up and he's mm-hmm. he, he's a little, a little less quick to point blame, but he is still like quite suspicious of uh, Logan. And um, Ann Thompson, of course, comes out and like vouches for him saying, oh, he didn't do it. He was like fighting the actual Ripper. But of mm-hmm. course, Inspector Wells is like, I would never believe the words of a prostitute. So he drags <laughs> him, right. drags him back. To I thought the, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, pro- I mean, you know, probably true to the time. Yeah, probably true. He drags Logan back to the prison and they have like a weird little conversation about like Logan is just like telling him all the stuff about the Ripper. He like knows way too much. He knows all the victims names. He knows like all the methodology. He sort of he sort of unintentionally incriminates himself. But again, there's no real consequence for this. Like it almost is played to the point where it's like, oh, no, he's put his foot in his mouth because he said too much. But it's just like, I'm a time traveler. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it seems like the more he says like. Wells is, is suspicious, but he's also like, I also respect him for this. Yeah, exactly. And um, this is one of the, uh, many parts where when he talks to this guy, he'll, he'll, he'll like, that, it's so, so funny about Logan. He's just like, starts talking about these energy knives. He's like he, he'll, he doesn't have any problem telling anyone from the past about anything from the future. And this is when uh, Inspector Wells, if you hadn't already caught on to what was probably going to happen, he's just like, you sound like my nephew, H.G. Wells. It was so stupid. Yeah. I'm just gonna say right off the bat that loses a point. It's so stupid; it has to lose a point just off the bat. No, you gotta you gotta strap in because I think every episode is gonna be cameos by your favorite historical figures. Oh, it's so bad. It's just so ham-fisted. Jordan, you wanted it. You got. It. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Logan's tossed in a cell, and uh, since it's 1888, and I guess police work differently. No one's confiscated the stop the pocket watch he took off the Ripper. 
it's just coincidence. He has to still have it because he has to play with it. And then basically the reason he has to play with it is so that he can find out that it's a time traveling pocket watch. Yeah, it opens time um, hole. Like his yeah, own watch. And exactly. And so he's like he knows this guy's a time traveler now. And at that moment, uh the future uh, future ripper, he uh blows open the front door with a laser shotgun and starts like blasting <laughs> English bobbies left and right yeah. to get his pocket watch back from Logan. Yeah. And then and then it's just so weird because the, the uh, confrontation is basically like, where's Jack? And Jack's like, I'm over here. And then he like blows his way in and then they like argue about watches for like two minutes before Jack just like throws it out the window. Well, this is where they discuss his uh, motivations for killing all these people. Jack That's right. I have another note here about why he's doing it, Jordan. I believe he says he's trying to improve history. So there you go. Okay. Uh, okay. Again, I just don't know how he gains anything from it. <laughs> it just it just doesn't improving history. That's all the motivation he needs. So it's like you, your favorite person is uh, Chairman Mao. You've made that very clear. And you would like going back in the past and having Chairman Mao kill more people because you want him to be respected. Yeah, I think more. that would I think that's the thing that would improve his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a big Chairman Mao fan, everyone. Don't send him emails. I'm not a fan of his politics, just his murders. He <laughs> <laughs> was very effective. Anyway, in all the kerfuffle, Jack Thurper has blown a hole in the wall of the prison. And like after they have this big like conversation about why you're doing this and like, I'm a cool guy. No, I'm a cool guy. Jack yeah, then yeah. just leaps out of the hole into the 18th century Thames River and I assume gets dysentery in his, for his trouble. They courted, They kind of try to make a joke about it because he shows up later and he's he's all kind of still wet and he's like, you wouldn't believe what I had to do to get here. And she's like, ooh, you stink. And that's like, yeah, he swam in a dirty river. You were, but we didn't see it. You were rolling in the aisles. Yeah. Anyway, he immediately heads to this Anne's house and uh, turns out when he gets there, she's quite good at drawing, which gives mm-hmm. Jack a little idea. And the idea is, what if we have like a five-minute montage in the middle of this episode that will not stop? And it's Jack playing with like graphite and her drawing. And it just goes on and on and on. She's going to draw a sketch of this ripper she saw that night with Jack. And they're going to sell the sketch to a tabloid. And while she's doing that, this is what uh, you're mentioning, Jordan, in the in the montage, he's grinding graphite down so he can pull a fingerprint off of the pocket watch and... I didn't entirely know where this was going until we cut back to 2007. The, t- the time ripple is getting it's worse. Very clever. It's it's level six now. This time ripple. <laughs> uh, the historian Dr. Casper, during his Google searches, finds another newspaper anomaly. This time it's a tabloid that has changed its front page, and it, this time it's a sketch of Jack the Ripper with a little watermark on it that says Logan Graphics. So they're like, "Uh oh, this must be a message." He left us a message. <laughs> yep. And then they're like. They're like, let's do a, a a different scan, and it scans in a different way. And they're like, go to quadrant six. That looks like a fingerprint. Hey, he also left a fingerprint. That Jack is so clever. He really follows his instincts. He truly does. And uh, they search that fingerprint up in their database and find out it belongs to a man named Ian Pasco. But in 2007, mm. he's a 13-year-old boy who just killed his foster parents and disappeared. <laughs> yeah, you find out at this point that he's a kid because he's actually from the future's future and uh he's not a criminal yet except for he killed his foster yeah yeah i do like that they're like we should just get this kid therapy right now and solve and they're like i no one can find him like oh well fuck it then (laughs) yeah that's it well that's that's the thing and it's like i know it gets overly complicated 
But if you're going to make it a time show, you really can play with time, right? Like, what if that becomes the secondary plot? Them in, in 2007 trying to find this kid to then affect the past because everything they do to the kid should adjust him as to what's happening with Jack. Like, it starts getting complicated, but, like, you can play with it. Wait, 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 Jordan. Are you saying... You want to give the three other characters left in 2007 something to do? Something to do? No. I know. Is No, thank this you. Is, we should stop and say this, too. This is something that, you know, on a lot of these unsuccessful shows or shows that didn't make it or only had one season, this is a running problem, which is you have... This isn't even that large a cast. This is like a cast of four. But a cast of four, three of them they don't know what to do with. They all just stand over the same computer uh, screen, and then they kind of talk about what Jack is doing. It's like, <laughs> oh, this is... This is something, this is not good, guys. Like, have some other plot happening. You know what Jack is doing, Jordan? What's that? He's getting rearrested and being interviewed again by Inspector Wells. That's right. This time, Wells wants to see that pocket watch because the inmate he was locked up with had, had some strange properties. And, of course, Wells starts, like, you know, fingering up that watch and opens his own time hole and is like, Oh, no, you are from the future. And then here's what's weird. There's a bit of a turn, and I don't know if it's exactly here, but he's basically just like, well, you seem all right. I guess you'll just be out of jail and help me solve this crime. Yeah, he's seen a time like... hole. He, he knows he's a time traveler from the future. Another cop here to catch Jack the Ripper. It seemed like he maybe needed more, but... No, no, because sure. he said, I owe my nephew H.G. Wells an apology. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, some constable walks in and gives them word that Anne has been kidnapped from her house by the Ripper. And they like race back to Anne's house. And what they find is... The Ripper has left a riddle on the wall, just like the Ripper always does, writing riddles on the walls of his crime scenes. Yeah, and what was this about? Once the hands come together, people die, something Yeah, like when that. the hands come together, she dies, Jordan. Yeah, I was like, yeah, clock, I got it. <laughs> Could you possibly be at Big Ben? <laughs> There's, no, but you know what the funny thing is about it? It's like most people could probably figure that out within a few seconds. But then because they don't trust the audience at all, they also have to like have not one, but like three pictures of Big Ben right under it. I'm like, well, he's just told you what the answer is it's a clock <laughs> and then he's also pointed out which clock it is i know and it doesn't take them long. like it doesn't take them any like it basically is a pause they solve it and then hard cut you're at the top of big ben like there's no there's no waiting around in this show it's just like let's get to big yeah. ben right now and i kind of wish this had looked a little better because there's this sort of like almost silver age thing that i like which is like you know like like you're fighting on a big clock and there's gears and stuff and that's kind of fun and it's not really what they do that like there's a little bit of it in the background but it's not really what they're going for yeah that, well that's not the budget they have no no jack arrives he's left inspector wells to go get it fetch his nephew for some reason so he's not there anymore and they have a big confrontation him and pasco uh pasco has somehow in the past, created an exploding collar complete with digital countdown and like digital pin pad on it. He strapped this exploding collar around Anne's neck and he has till midnight to hand over the pocket watch or like they all explode basically. Okay, question. So uh, besides this, the oddness of him taking the time to build this bomb and whatever, he's done that. But is he counting this as one of his murders? Because don't you think everyone would not think this is a a ripper murder that he's going to blow this woman up and, and part of big ben yeah i don't think he thinks i think he this one won't count to his ripper total okay so he has a he has an ulterior ulterior motive for other murders i mean he'll he'll do other murders but it takes some finesse jordan to make it look like a ripper right. murder right right because he's doing it again for to improve history right you yep. you understand i got it makes sense <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, Jack won't hand over the watch. So they get in a, a, a real fist fight real quick. He's just like, no, I won't hand it over. Let's fight instead. No, no, this, this, uh, you know, you're going to get to the scene where he's got to defuse it, but they didn't leave themselves any time for any real tension. No. Is this the dumbest defusing of a bomb of all time? Well, it's very funny because they're going to fight. Jack drops the pocket watch. The time hole opens on its own. Jack's like choking out Pascal. He's like, I'm going to kill you. He's like, what's the code? And Pascal's like, I'll never tell you. It's the date you catch me. And then Pascal breaks free, leaps through the time hole so he can escape. And Jack runs up to the like necklace as it's about to explode. He's just like, he doesn't think I'll ever catch him. And then we, he doesn't show us what he pushes, but I just assume he pushes zero. He just pushes zeros. <laughs> so it's just zero. The thing is, he's never going to catch him. But again, there's no tension. And even in the performance, the actor doesn't give anything. He's just like, huh, I never catch him. Zero, zero, zero. I was like, oh, well, I'm glad we saw this. Thanks. Anyway, cut to 10 minutes later. Inspector Wells has showed up. He's picked up his nephew, H.G. Wells. So H.G. Wells is now hanging around. <laughs> and yeah. one of my favorite lines of this thing is uh, Logan looks over. He's like, is that your nephew, H.G. Wells? And says that he's, quote, always wanted to meet H.G. Wells. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way you've always wanted to meet H.G. Wells. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was someone else. Like, can you say, like, of course, if you had the opportunity, you'd be like, oh, that'd be cool to meet H.G. Wells. But there's no yeah. way you'd be like, I, that's, yeah, it's been on my bucket list. Meeting H.G. Wells yeah. my whole it's life. It's not on mine. It's not on mine. I don't need to meet H.G. Wells. Anyway, Logan says his farewells to everyone. He uh, She kisses him. Yeah. He gets a kiss. He gets a kiss. He introduces uh, Anne to H.G. Wells. And uh, you're left to wonder, oh, are they going to fall in love? And I looked up H.G. Wells' wife's name. It wasn't Anne. So I was like, I didn't know where no. this was going. But. Jack, like, basically jumps in his time hole, goes back to the future, and when he gets there, the historian walks up to his desk, and he's all mad. He's just like, you ruined you ruined my first edition copy of H.G. Wells' time machine. And uh, he's like, why? And he opens it up. It's like, it's illustrated now. Yeah, and you see that this woman now did illustrations because she had a different life, which, again has irrevocably changed the future. No, no, it's very it's very flexible this timeline. <laughs> and 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 that's it. And you're like, "Oh, and and then you the weirdest thing how this episode ends." And I can only assume is because we are going to see this villain again or they're hoping to see this villain again because they do a push in of the drawing that never ends and it just keeps going and going. You're like, "Ooh, it's his face." Yeah, no, he's going to it seems like he's going to be the arch nemesis of uh poor Jack Pasco. John Pasco. Mm. No, wait. Yeah, well, John we Logan. so much about there him. We go. John Logan. Jack Logan. Something. Something. His name's something. It's just like, it's like, uh, it's not a real name. It's like, uh, who's that writer? Lee, it's like a Lee Child character. <laughs> I did also like when he brings back the f- pocket watch and his partner's like, oh, where'd you get that old timepiece? He's like, it's actually from the future. And in this show, any future tech goes into this vault because we can't risk contaminating the time. They really make a big deal of showing you there's mm-hmm. like a special place they put future technology so that they can't abuse it. And I'm just like, is this going to come back? Or like, it's it's a real setup for something. I also just like that in the future, uh, they may, they've gone back to pocket watches. Or does he just have the technology and he just planned better than Jack? Because we, sh- we should say, when Jack comes back to the past... He's just wearing his leather jacket and stuff. He's And he's like, I got to steal this guy's clothes. I was like, oh, is this going to be a thing every episode? Because that's what I thought it was going to be like an auto man thing. It's not really in the next episode, but it seemed like that was going to be the running gag that he's always in need of clothes. He's a real Terminator. Yeah, that's right. But not really. No, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very silly show that like 
Yeah, it's so everything moves so fast. There's like they just throw things at you. And they're like, don't worry, we're 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 still going. Yeah, again, that's if there's a um, credit to be given to the show, it moves really fast. Like it doesn't drag at all. It's the fastest forty minutes you'll ever watch. All right. Well, here's the Andy summary for episode two: the heist. We think Orselli's gone back. Gone back where? The old country? In time. To relive the robbery. Only this time your pal Damon's gonna keep the diamonds. Do you mean if you go back in time you can change history? For starters. You know, I think you guys are in a lot of trouble. Because the Orselli that I know was a serious piece of work and I doubt that a quarter of a century in the can has improved his disposition one iota. Accompanied by a retired detective, Officer Logan travels to 1977 to solve the mystery of a failed diamond heist. Mm-hmm. Jordan, it's Sunday, June 16th, 1977 in New York City. And if they didn't tell you it wasn't 1977, you wouldn't know because it doesn't look like it. <laughs> a career criminal, Damon Orsilli, is robbing a diamond exchange in the middle of renovations. He uses two gas-filled grenades to knock out the people working there. And this is where I started getting very confused. Because did those gas-filled grenades feel like they were from the future? Okay. There's, there's a couple things in this episode. This is the first one. I thought the exact same thing. I thought the plot is going to be there's a criminal who's time-traveling. He's going back to the past because he has advanced technology. And he can beat current-day technology because he's just more advanced. And I was like, okay. That makes sense. And he's. I thought he'd be like, he's going to start in the 70s and he's going to go to the 50s. He's just going to keep going back and just robbing banks and then come back to the future and be like, hey, look at that. It was easy. Uh, but it's not. Turns out it, it's, it was not meant to be future technology. It just was the prop that confused me. And he's actually just a guy in 1997 who robs. He's a career criminal. 1977. 77, thank you. Uh, the security guard manages to set up a silent alarm. And so Arsili is forced to hide the diamonds as a, a police officer shows up. Dr. John Langdon... Detective, right. not and doctor. Let, detective. Yeah, Detective John Langdon. And let me just say this right off. We'll talk about it at the end of the episode. This is going to become a bit of like a who done it or or what happened. It's what happened to these diamonds. It feels like they forgot about it till the very end because the solution is so stupid <laughs> that it's unbelievable. It's so stupid. It is. It is the thing they let linger a long time when they finally the final reveal is like you're like oh okay. Yeah, you're like, oh, anyone could have figured this out by all of the clues in front of you. But anyways. You were talking about how uh, Jack Logan is the most generic name on Earth. I love that in episode two, <laughs> they compare him with John Langdon. I know. <laughs> they're the, they're I the know. same name. Hey, I'll give, the, I'll give the show this. I think the casting of old John Langdon and young John Langdon was pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, in in the past, in 77, Detective Langdon catches are silly but no one ever solved the mystery of what happened to the millions of dollars of diamonds we now cut to 1 30 a.m at time cop headquarters logan has been working 16 hour days for two weeks a schedule jordan wishes he had <laughs> that's an inside joke just for you and me um they don't the, need to know the details but you work weird hours and bad hours yeah, that's right <laughs> that's funny the um i thought the same thing i was like 16 hours that's, that's is why you're so much like jack john <laughs> me and jack are the logan same. no Here's here's Miss Turn number two. What they think they're doing is they're developing the character of Jack, and they're you're gonna learn something about him, which is he's a workaholic, and maybe he's missed something in life because he's dedicated so much to his job. Now again, it's only episode two. We don't really know that about him. They're telling us that he's so dedicated to his job, but up to this point, he seems like he's a devil may care sort of guy. But they're hinting that there's something more to him, and maybe he'll regret through these series of events how he sees himself. 
and they kind of button the episode with it, but they don't. But it's hollow. I mean, because if, they if don't you know, invest if any you time know to it. No reason he changes throughout. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's just weird they put it in, but it's like, oh, it could have been something interesting there that you know they hint at change even later on in the series where you realize yes he's good because of what he does, but there are repercussions in the rest of his life because of that. But that's not this show. No, no, it's it's light, it's fun, it's it's fast. Mm-hmm. Jack Logan, John Logan, Jack Logan, <laughs> Jack Logan, and John Langdon. Langdon. Jack Logan is convinced to take a break uh, for for a bit, but it's at this moment that like a level one time rip comes in. They call the entire staff in, and um, the historian is able to Google search publications from 1977. He doesn't see anything change in the timeline. But when they when he's doing this Google search, he happens to come across a headline from 2007 about the criminal or silly who uh, was involved in the unsolved diamond heist and how he's been paroled after 30 years in prison and has very recently disappeared. Right. And they're basically just like, oh, OK, well, that must mean because that diamond heist was demolished years and years ago. He must be he must be going back in time to get his diamonds, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's again kind of weird because they this episode has odd motivations in some ways similar to the first episode which is it's hard to tell how you're supposed to feel because everyone's motivations are muddled so you're like are they going back to the past to get diamonds so they're rich in the future or are they going back in the past diamonds to affect their previous version of them so that their life adjusts you know what i mean like it's like what yeah i mean as far as i can tell or silly seems to just be going back in time to get the diamonds and come back to 2007 and be old with diamonds yeah that seems to be Right. And also, I like that it's a very small ripple started. They can't find anything in history about what's changing time. But they do see one headline that mentions a guy who got paroled and about this old diamond heist. And they're like, let's just put all our energy into that one lead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and so here's a, a weird thing comes up. Because what you're going to really quickly, they're going to basically decide, which I don't know why, that they should find the old cop who had this case and bring him out to help. And that's John Langdon. Yeah, he's three months away from retirement. That's right. But here's a weird thing about the world. So they bring him in. He comes into Time Cop Central, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And and then he's like, who are you guys? They're like, we can't tell you much about it, but we're time cops and we time travel and we solve crimes in the future. And he's like, I think that's probably all I need to know. But then it's like, hold on. They're a secret? (laughs) I know. So they're like, we can't tell you top secret. And he's like, come on. They tell him everything. And he reacts... So indifferent to all the information. He's very blase. Like, whatever, I guess. He's like, yeah. Oh, so you solve crimes over time and you time travel? Seen that before. He's just an old, bitter, divorced cop, Jordan. He doesn't care. Now, now they also do a, a, a real tell that at the um, uh, in this scene, whereas he's talking to them and he's got his hand up and the one police goes something like, oh, do, do you need me to notify your wife? And the guy doesn't say anything. He's like, oh, because I, I noticed you have a ring on your finger, which is a very weird thing to say to someone. Um, but then the guy's like, eh, forget about it. And you're like, oh, I guess that's going to be something later on because there's no reason for anyone to ever to mention that. I know. Basically what they kind of they're like, hey, can you tell us about this criminal so we can get catch him in the past? And he's just like, uh, you're going to need me if you're going to go to the past. I'm the only one who knows the streets of 1977. And mm-hmm. other than, uh, I will say that they do have, and they have that machine though. They have that machine that gives you all the information for 1977. You don't need him. It's true. You don't. You don't need him. And the only one who really objects is Officer Hemming. She's just like, should we at least not give him a psych evaluation or something? They're like, nah, nah, nah. Just shuffle him into that machine. Let's shoot him into the. Past. I-, I love it because the only person, <laughs> only person who raises objection is the one woman, and they, and they're all just like, 
forget it, woman. You don't know what you're talking about. Let the men do what they got to do. It's it's very dumb. It's very dumb. Uh, anyway, they 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 hop back, and then as they're loading him into the time machine, they give him uh, they give him the uh, one of the rules that I remember from the movie is that like if you bump into your other self, you can't touch because the same matter can't occupy the same space. So just be careful when you go back to 1977. Right? Why do? Why is it that it's fine to be in the same room but you can't touch? Uh, in the movie, uh, the bad guy of that is killed by they push his like younger self into his older self and they be- he became mm-hmm. like a T2 style more amorphous blob <laughs> right. that like just gets gross and milty and then like ceases to exist. Right, right. You do Anyways, not get you know, that I don't in mind, the show. But I, I don't mind the rule. It's like sure, that's fine. If you just keep it consistent, I'm fine with it. And I mean, this show loves to just it gets moving. It doesn't stop. Like they land at 77, they meet the village people. Ugh. <laughs> They name the village people. No, they they don't meet the village people, Luke. They meet they meet some people that look exactly like the village people. And then he's like, "You guys look like the village people." And they're like, "What a great name for a band, or whatever." And it's like, Ugh. "You Ugh. Jordan, you better enjoy to love it because this is what we're gonna get. Every episode is gonna be a fun <laughs> thing. He's gonna force Gump his way across this room." Yeah, I really disliked it. Meet the village people. They go visit one of uh, Langdon's old informants, a guy who runs a hot dog uh, stand, and then Langdon just beats him up on the street because it's the '70s and civil rights are for sissies. Yeah, yeah. There, there is there again. There's something kind of funny you can play with here, which is this cop who's getting to go back, for all intents and purposes, to his own past, but he's now the person he is. You know, as time has gone on. But he's like, you know what? I remember what it was like in the 70s. I'm going to just beat these punks up. And there's something kind of funny about it, but it's also like, it's not played in that way. It's played in the like, can you believe how much cooler it was back then? We could just beat people up. He's a man who's learned nothing in that 30 years. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, they get some information from him. Basically, the detective already knew that Orsilli had three possible safe houses. And so he asked this guy, like, which ones are the busiest? And by deduction, he's like, I think 2007 or still, he's probably at the quietest safe house or whatever. They go there. One of them goes in the front. One of them goes in the back to catch our silly. He is there. They, you know, there's a bit of a fight. One of them gets caught, but they end up, you know, catching him and knocking him unconscious. And basically 2007 or silly is taken down very quickly. Very, very quickly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I'll, I'll give the episode this. You think it's going in one direction and then it, it makes a right turn, which is, they essentially catch him right away. We're like, we're like maybe 10 minutes into the episode. They just went back and, in time. Yeah, they just went back in time. They catch him. And what, of course, the turn is, is that uh, Langdon then pulls his gun out on Jack and is like, hey, I just know you didn't know that, but I'm now corrupt and I've been made bitter over time and I really want the diamonds. So he takes off Jack's watch, puts it on Vasily, whatever that guy's name is, yeah. sends him back to the future, and then he handcuffs Jack to like a drain pipe and he's like all right i'm gonna go find the diamonds smell you later smell you later now we should talk about a few things here because we're gonna get a bunch of scenes and we're gonna see young langdon and you're gonna get motivations and stuff but does it does it make sense where he's at jordan he's a detective detective langdon much like logan he lives by his instincts when some people pull you out of bed in the middle of the night bring you to a time cop office explain the time travel's real and you say sure why not send me back i'm gonna fucking steal those diamonds instincts baby it's just do you know what I mean like it's just there's like, no time for him to plan, plan any of this it's just like he just like he like shows up he's like 
You know what? I, I know I just found out time travel is real, but like, and I'm just, I've just gone back with the only can, person who knows how to take opportun- Yeah. I can kind of take advantage of this. I think it's like, I know an opportunity when I see one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Again, I don't mind him as, as like the villain and as kind of like a, that was the red herring in the beginning. I think that all kind of works. It's just that this show moves so fast, which is such an odd uh, critique to have or odd criticism, but that they don't give time for anything. So you're like, none of these motivations make sense at all. It's it's like the opposite of Misfits of Science. It's like that show <laughs> where so little happened, but so there was so much confusing plot. This is like, they sat down and were like, what's the minimum, the minimum information we need to push this forward? Great. That's all we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So Jack's now tied to a drain pipe. We found out that for whatever reason, Langdon has some bone to pick and some regret and he wants to get these diamonds and Jack's going to get out like in the next scene. Yeah. Like this, this, it doesn't mean anything. He basically, they leave the gun there. So he's able to get the gun and then blow his handcuffs off. This basically happens in 10 seconds. Logan immediately drops in on young 1977 detective Langan, who's still happily married, but we can tell that his stress of his job is starting to put cracks in his marriage. Yeah. She's basically like, you're home for the, this, you have been home for a long time. Maybe it's the time for a little smooching. And he's like, uh, sorry, babe, I'm a detective. You know what it's like. Logan shows up. He explains he's from some sort of like, I don't know, secret department inside of his department. That's right. And the guy's like, okay, I buy that. Checks out. Checks out. And then this off-duty cop who's at home with his wife receives a phone call to tell him an armored car is being robbed. Just apropos to nothing. They're just like, hey, just wanted you to know. Armored car being robbed. They know you're off duty and it has nothing to do with you, but it's being robbed. Uh, so just so you know, him yeah. and Logan jump in a car, drive over there. They're the first to arrive at the scene of this robbery. Yeah. And again, the reason they need it to is because who's clearly robbing it is old Logan, who's using Langdon. a laser gun to Langdon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeez. Langdon to, to cut to the back of the car so we can have this like. You know, the two can meet is basically what happens. And I'll, I'll tell you, I did like the part where, like, what we're going to get is a lot of, like, I'm you. What? How could you be that? We can't touch. They don't, t- they don't waste any time. There's no, like, they show yeah. up. He's like, hey. He's like, yeah, I'm you from the future. So, like, you know, I'm here. Don't touch. Like, they just, there's no, like, hemming yeah. and hawing. They just, like, everyone just, like, states the fact the minute they meet. There's no, there's yeah. no reason for, like, confusion. Yeah. But I do like the part where they're, like, kind of shooting at each other. And the young Langdon gets cut in the face. And then immediately a scar appears on old Langdon's face. I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I like yeah. That. That's one. Of, I think that's one of the, one of the glory shots from uh the original time cop movies like someone gets a scar and you get to see it appear mm. it's a it's a great yeah, move it's, it's cool yeah but but even even the scene it's like it it moves so fast they like they eventually get the drop on him but they don't and the reason is just like he's a faster draw than jack and then he gets away and he just runs away and it, my favorite part is i was like as i was watching i'm just like wait why is he robbing an armored car and then explains it's like Oh, I guess he's trying to rob the diamonds before they get to the diamond exchange. It was just like, why wouldn't you just do it at the place where you know what happened? Why would you try to rob it on the way to the place? Yeah, it's just because they needed a couple more scenes. Anyway, back in 2007, the cops have finally decided to look into Langdon's background now that this <laughs> criminal is showing back up and no, with, without his escorts. And uh, they realize that Langdon is bad. And they're like, oops, our bad. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, he's got real problems. And he was like, investigated, and he's not a good cop. And they're like, yeah, I guess we should have looked at that. Oh, well, oopsie-daisy. Yeah, they're like, should we should we help Logan? And they're like, it'll be fine. <laughs> okay, so now can we talk about this? Because I think it's going to happen in a couple scenes. But 
what we were basically going to learn, and I think there was, again, this is another missed turn for the show, is the, what you think his motivation should be is that what you've learned is this case was really bad for him uh, because he solved he solved who did the robbery, but because they never found the diamonds, he got invested, investigated by internal affairs. It sort of put a black mark on his on his record, and he never achieved what he could have achieved as a police officer. His wife left him. His life kind of fell apart. That's what we're going to learn. Right. Fair. Fair enough. Great. That's that's interesting kind of backstory. But it I don't know if it makes sense what he's doing because he's going back into the past to get diamonds to bring them back to the future so that his life is still crummy, but now he has a bunch of stolen diamonds. Whereas you would think, because they kind of play it up, that his wife is sort of long-suffering and she's a good woman and he's not treating her properly. And thus, because of that, she leaves and he has this regret of who he was and that he had a missed opportunity with this woman. But it is almost inconsequential because shouldn't that be what he's trying to do? You would think he'd go back to the past to try to convince himself to not blow it. Or even grosser, he goes back to the past because he wants to steal his wife and bring her. Or, you know what I mean? Like, there's just something, I think, to be done emotionally there. And instead, they go, no, he just would bring diamonds back with him. I'm like, but yeah, no, what's he, he going to do with the diamonds in the future? He's an old man who regrets the loss of his one true love. And the only thing that will fill that hole is uh, millions of dollars in diamonds. <laughs> I know. But it's just like, not going back to the past, if, you, if you're someone who's suffering from a broken heart and it has changed everything in your life, and then you have a chance to fix that, that makes sense, but you're like, you have a chance to fix it. I guess I'll get a bunch of money. You're like, what? What? How do these two things, they don't go together at all. This show does not care about character motivations that conflict at all in any way with the single plot they're hoping to pursue. <laughs> right. Again, my, I'll just say, the plot for him is the motivation should be the love that he lost. I mean, maybe it's cliched. Maybe it would be clumsy. Yeah, I mean, that would and, make and, you feel but, emotions for him. But no, it's right. just a show about a man who wants diamond. Want diamond, please. <laughs> He want diamond, so there you go. So all this part stuff with the wife, by the way, who I actually think is pretty good, has a pretty good performance. It it doesn't matter at all. all There's no need for any of these scenes. All meaning is that what happens is Langdon yeah. and young uh, Logan and young Langdon return back to his house to discuss what to do and like talk about ambushing old Langdon when he gets the diamond exchange. So when they get there, old Langdon has already arrived. He's taken his young ex wife hostage, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to take her to the diamond exchange and steal the diamonds now." Bye. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think this is the scene where they say it at around this point where they're like, Jack says, um, I think to the wife, like, don't worry, the future's fluid. Yes, is what he says. Like things are a little bit malleable, and I'm like, okay, if that's the rules, but it's like, but is it? Jordan, is that how is that how it works? Haven't you like, seen how fluid this timeline? Is? You can kill yeah, Jack the Ripper; like, it doesn't mean anything. I know it's just it, it's like I get that they're doing it as a as a uh, hand wave over stuff, but it's like. But it also makes everything you're doing pointless because it's <laughs> fluid. What does it matter? I couldn't tell you, Jordan. You got those ripples. It's fluid. There's I ripples. Know. I don't know why I'm getting so worked up about There's this. There's ripples. Show, but... It's fluid. It all lines up, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's just. Yeah. Anyways, well, I can't remember where. So they go. Yeah, he brings his wife with him to. But, but although, don't you think there's a scene missing too? Don't you think there should be a scene where? His young wife, and she's looking into the future, physically looking into the future of what her husband becomes. Isn't there a scene there of like a heartbreaking scene of what's happened to you? This man I love. Look at you now. You're bitter. You've changed. That's not in this at all. Yeah, but it doesn't drive the plot forward. So cut. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes sense. He comes. He kidnaps his young ex-wife. 
but there's no reason for it because he's just going to go to the he's going to interrupt the mm-hmm. old diamond like she has no purpose like she's not a hostage that's preventing it <laughs> yeah it's just I, I, yeah it doesn't they need her sense. to be there at the end for a big confrontation that's right young or silly who's still in, you know the actual original guy goes through with the original diamond heist we saw at the beginning except yeah, the young version of yeah it. except this time old langdon shows up and prevents the silent alarm from being triggered Old Langdon reveals very late in the game, very late in this whole thing. He's like, young Arsilles, I know how you finally did this diamond heist. You snuck in because of renovations. He's like, you know how I know? And he reads his jacket and pulls out a paperback (laughs) copy of a true crime novel about the diamond heist that I guess he carries with him at all times. You know, I had a question. Did... Did the the Vasily or whatever his name did he write that book or is it just a book based on that case? It's just a, a different author. It's completely unrelated to him. It's just like someone wrote a book about it, and for a man like he, this is all spur of the moment for Old Langdon. He got woken up, thrown in a time machine, and gone back in time. And he's just like winging it as it goes. He just happens to walk around with his paperback about the robbery. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also, it doesn't matter that he has the book. I, what is it? it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't because it's like you, it wasn't hard for Orsilli. It's not like Orsilli had some secret way, and he literally walked through yeah. the front door. <laughs> yeah, he walked through the front door and then threw these like flash grenades. And so it's very funny. They end up having a conversation for a bit about that, and like, and they're like, "Hey, uh, where'd you hide the diamonds? We never did figure it out." And Orsilli's like, "What?" He's like, "You know, I, you know, when you hear that car pulling up, like, imagine you heard that car pulling up. What would you do with the diamonds?" He's like, "Oh, I would just throw them to that wet cement right there." And that's the big reveal. Is like he just threw them in some wet cement on the ground in front of him. Well, what's annoying is in all this, in the the beginning of the episode when we see this first happening, is it the same scene replicated? Again, but now with these older characters there. Uh, we never saw that the building was really under maintenance. We never saw this wet cement. So it's not like you could have decided this or figured this out as a viewer. And also, if you were a police officer and you showed up and you said, the guy's caught, I can't wear all the diamonds. And you look and you see a big pool of wet liquid. Clearly cement, disturbed like, by someone jamming something yeah. into it. I'd be like, I think they probably threw the diamonds in there. Yeah, I think you would have figured it out very quickly. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not a detective, but come on, guys. At any rate, young, young or silly tries to attack old Langdon. Langdon knocks him out. And after he knocks him out, uh, uh, while he was talking, somehow Logan and young Langdon have surrounded them inside of the building. Because they have this running joke about, like, it's it's cop policy, back door, front door. They keep saying that every... That one of us goes funny. to the front, one of us goes to the back, and it works every time. Yeah. It does. It does okay. work every time in the episode. It does work. There's like a big thing where uh, the the wife tries to talk old Langdon down. And again, like you said, she's like, time's fluid. You know, maybe we can still make our marriage work and like all this stuff. And I was just like, that's not really helpful to old Langdon. Like you can maybe make your marriage work out with this young guy. But like it's like if he, even if he goes back in time now and he gets there and him and his wife are somehow still married. Like he still is a bitter old cop for 30 years. Exactly. He, he'll, that, he again, gains nothing. That's an interesting idea. Like this, even the, the the futility of trying to change things. Because like, let's say this whole thing was about him going to the past to try to fix stuff and go, I'm going to make the world better and I'm going to make my life turn out the way I like. He goes, he actually does it. He accomplishes it. He does terrible things to achieve his means because that's more important than anyone else. He gets back to the future and he has everything he wants, but he's still the same guy. He's still this grumpy old horrible person who's still gone through because we are what our experiences are. I mean... I know that's maybe a little too deep for the show, but I'm like, that's interesting. 
this is not. Yeah, I mean, that's not what they're interested in getting into at all. I mean, I guess they're just saying, you know, if you get shot in the face when you're young and get the scar when you're old, <laughs> don't worry, your all your brain scars will change. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, while they have this long conversation, young Orsillis comes to, grabs a gun and just open fires at random. It just starts shooting he at him. He shoots them. like 50 times. Yeah, he shoots so many times. The young... The young Langdon shoots him, wounds him, disarms him. He gets rearrested as per usual, as it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the whole kerfuffle of all the shooting, I I didn't see it happen. I don't know if it did. I didn't either. You don't see Langdon get shot. You just they turn around. They're like, "Oh no, old Langdon shot." And I'm like, "Is he?" <laughs> I know. I, I was. I didn't know he was shot. I didn't know where he was shot. But it's so he can have like a very long death scene of them kind of talking as he sits there and then do you notice he just fades away like a jedi yeah it's so weird like he sort of apologizes but not really he gives logan back a time watch so they can get out of there and then when he dies he just like fades out of existence for some reason i was like but why well here was my question because we see him fade out of existence and his clothes and everything go with him but he before that he gave uh, jack his the watch would the watch have faded away with him or would it have dropped to the ground I have no, I have no way of knowing, Jordan. Because the watch wasn't really part of him that went back into the past. That was my assumption. But Am no, I he was, he was wearing much? the watch when he went back, wasn't he? No, no, because he's taken Jack's watch. Because two people can apparently go into the same watch. No, no, because remember Jack had to put his watch on Orsilli to send him back, so Jack oh, was stranded right. in time. You're right. So Jack so had no way that. back. He couldn't open a time hole, Jordan. <laughs> and you can't. Two people can't use the same time hole. Everybody knows this. Logan, then you know jumps back through his time hole to go home leaving young langdon to like fix his marriage with his wife and you get to see a newspaper he gets back and the first thing that you do is they pick up a newspaper and like the front of the newspaper that day is like old detective langdon and his wife living great life <laughs> like they're yeah. on the front page <laughs> headline they're doing all right so they're doing great this couple that you just met they're awesome they're on the front page of the newspaper and mm. it's just like well it all worked out case closed yeah, and then we get a button at the end where, like, Jack's, like, to the ladies, like, hey, let's go to dinner or something. And she's like, didn't you love working? And he's like, maybe I've learned a little something about myself. And I thought, no, you haven't. <laughs> and, like, even as a main character, you were barely involved. You didn't push the action forward at all. The action we saw didn't make any sense. I don't know what lesson I'm supposed to learn here. You learned the, the obvious lesson, Jordan. Follow your instincts. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I learned. Well, Jordan, I'm going to bring up one last thing. It's it's actually from the previous episode, and it was just they drop a line in the middle of it that I thought was going to become a plot point when he goes back to 1888. What's it, that? It, it, Detective Hemming says that they've never had anyone go back so far and stay there for so long. And, oh, that's right. And that yeah, the effect yeah. might be molecular. The the effect might be the breakdown of his molecular structure. I believe they use the example of he'd be crushed like a temporal grape. Yeah, they basically imply they're adding this sort of um, it's supposed to be a tension or like a, um, a, a stopwatch to the thing that like he can only be there so long. And it's only going to take him so long to solve this this murder or whatever he's doing in the past. But they don't push that at all. It's it's just like a factoid dropped midway through that has nothing to do with like what you're going to see in the action and i keep wondering like there's that there's the vault they put all the future tech inside of i'm like Mm. is this set up for the future which doesn't feel like what this show does at all but i'm like maybe right because they have like a character named pasco who i think like they're like he's gonna be our arch nemesis i'm like are they seeding like canon well it, it would be very bizarre if they are 
with the haphazard way these episodes are written. I know. it's It feels like it's meant to be like... It feels like... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I guess. I feel like the creators of this were like, what's 45 minutes someone could put on in the background that's just so just like banal that it won't bother them. They'll know exactly what's happening and they'll just yeah. like... Just let, it could just wash over them, and they won't have to work at all. That's what it, feel, it feels like the intention was. I agree. Yeah, but then there's like these little throwaways where I'm like, "Wait, are we gonna do something more?" <laughs> well, it's 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 odd to have created such a show, like you said, that seems designed just to. And I think that's a very good way of saying it. Just sort of wash over you. But then it's time travel, the most complicated thing we could be putting in a television show. And they're just like, no, no not the way we do it, guys. Yeah. What well, this is gonna be the simplest time travel show you've ever <laughs> seen. Yeah, they're like they're like jets out, watches in, done. Anyway, you get squished like a grape. Matter? Nope. Well, Jordan, you want to write these? Yeah, let's do it. So the first episode, rip in time. Um, this episode didn't frustrate me as much as the second one, but I think it wasn't. I don't think it was as. I'll give the the show this credit. I don't think it was as fun, and I just because I just think going back to fight Jack the Ripper is dumb. I just think it's a dumb. I'm tired of seeing this. Um, it's not a very good show, I would say. Uh, I don't think there's too many things that redeem it. I feel bad that they have some pretty decent actors, I think, like uh, Kurt Fuller and Don Stark that aren't doing anything. Um, I don't like the lead, and I'd give this a 3 to 10. 3 out of 10, all right. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's bad. It's a bad it's a, I'm not saying it's not a bad show. It definitely is. I don't think I'm going to enjoy watching many of them. But there was. Do you some, think it's charming? I don't even know if it's charming, but there's something I just found so. I, and maybe just coming off of we watched a show that was overly complicated with just yeah. like so many characters, similar problems, obviously. But like this is the almost the exact opposite. They're just like, listen, we're gonna make this the cleanest, really least thought provoking thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. We don't mind. We know it's not. We like. We don't even mind. It doesn't make sense. We're gonna. We're just gonna keep going. Like, it's just like rush, rush, all the way to the end. Don't don't worry too much about anything. It's like in the writer's room, there wasn't one writer who was like, hey, wait a minute, that's a good idea. What if we did this? That never happened. Some guy was just like, oh, diamonds. And they said, done. Well, that's just it. It's just like, it's like you know, it'd be crazy if like, like you know, he fixed it with his wife. It's like, oh, we'll just drop a line where he says, oh, time's fluid. And they're like, there, we got the concept you thought of across. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give it, I'm just going to give it a down the middle five because I'm like, it's, mm. it is bad but at times it's kind of funny bad and like weirdly weirdly won't like hurt you too badly when you watch i I agree i know i know i'm being really hard on the show but like let's be fair this is a bad show but 100 percent. it's 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 so harmless like it's not you know this is an interesting we've talked about some of these shows that sometimes are are bad they're hard to watch because they're a little bit mean-spirited this show isn't it's not trying to be like anything it's just like it's there it's so forgettable it's so blase it's just nothing it doesn't it's not trying to it's like it's not trying to be mean it's not trying to be smart it's not like it's like don't worry you know it's not for smart people don't worry about it like everything it's, like, just, it's, like, it's just it's all on tv just like guys it's just on tv don't worry about you're it. gonna have a fun time four to five minutes <laughs> it'll be over before you know it <laughs> yeah you're doing your laundry anyways don't worry about it all right what about the heist jordan now I'm going to give this one actually a better score because I think it's a better episode. However, it's a much more frustrating episode, at least for me, because of all the missed opportunities. Because I think there's something quite sweet and quite poetic and quite 
interesting to us as humans and what how we grow and how we change and who we become and the missed opportunities and i think other tv shows have done better with this idea of trying to reconcile the past and trying to correct those things that may have actually made us who we are um that's not what this is it's wouldn't it be fun if this guy goes back in the past and he ends up being the villain and he gets diamonds and i like a heist and it's kind of fun and stupid i'll give it a three and a half three and a half jordan you just don't understand human nature people want diamonds <laughs> i just you know what i mean though it's like there's something there no. they just don't this is just not this show it's very funny that the cliched version of this show is like what you're gonna try you know fixing the pat like that's what we've and it's not cliched because yeah. it's bad it's just like it's a thing that is emotionally resonant resonant correct correct and this show couldn't care less it's like hey buddy wouldn't you like some diamonds <laughs> Yes, that's, what it, that's exactly what it is it's like they know they know you're like hey you all in your deepest quietest moments have had some regret or have had this feeling of nostalgia or whatever it is they're like that's not what we're doing guys no you know what fix that diamonds <laughs> it's so bizarre here's the thing almost for i i think i just gave another five again because like oh man five for all the dumb reasons we talked about like even just talking about it now, I hadn't even really clued into me that's what we're talking about. It, that detective, old detective Logan's <laughs> motivations are so like it's so funny to me that he got woken up, told time travel exists, shoved into a cart within like a two-hour time span, and it ended up in 1977 unfazed. And then when he gets there, he's like, "You know what? I bet I could rob those diamonds myself." <laughs> like, yeah. So there's something about just like. Just how haphazard it all is that makes me well, laugh. That, again, not to belabor it, but can you imagine if they had just done a scene where they had him? Uh, this is a bad example. He's at the precinct and he's still talking about the diamonds. No one likes working with him because he's still focused on it, and he's just he's ruined his life because he's missed this opportunity. He wishes he had got these diamonds, and then by coincidence, this opportunity comes up. Then then things start happening. And it's like, but they didn't even do that. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's just like, he woke up, was like, what? I think, I mean, that's the problem with it. And I think you're arguing for like a better version of it that makes a lot of sense. That fits all the themes they've built around the episode, which are, are not, it's not that they're not there. They're just like given like little, no time to breathe. They're like, you're lucky Mm -hmm. if you get one line that mentions them. But part of me wants to watch the version of this that is just like this dumbest show on earth. I wanted to see more of this guy who's just like. A time trial is like gets back. Like I should rob. Like I just want to see the version where like what is? How do you create a character who just like is flying so fat far by the seat of his pants? He's like now in nineteen seventy seven. He's like I guess I could just rob those diamonds. I, I don't have a plan, but I brought this paper back with me. I just also love how little Jack has to do in this episode. They have four major characters, and even their major character who took up all the screen time still doesn't have anything to no, do. No, he's 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 just along for the ride. <laughs> Yeah. So and that's and that's Time Cop the series. It's very funny. Jordan. First two episodes. I mean, I don't know if I get. I don't know if it's going to have much staying power for sure. But it, the first two episodes were just so weird in a way that's so hard to describe. Yeah, and well, I'll, I'll say this show knows what it is. It's all this. It just it's just a dumb show, yeah. and it's just like it's a dumb show, and it hits that tone real well. You don't feel like the people creating it don't know what they're doing. You feel like they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're. Firing in all cylinders. They're like, we're nailing exactly what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. We're making an unforgettable, excuse me, forgettable show. Well, Jordan, that wraps it up for this week's episode. 
you can get a hold of us, listener, at continuingdrag at gmail.com if you have any uh, things you'd like to let us know about Time Cop or anything else, really. And on Instagram and Twitter, I'll have some clips from the first two episodes of Time Cop. <laughs> the uh, address there is at Continuum Drag, and you'll, uh, you'll see how the time travel works, I bet. Yeah, it goes through a, a plane in one way and a watch on the way back. Maybe I'll, maybe a laser knife. A little laser knife and like uh, they also had a bunch of laser guns that sometimes were lasers and sometimes were like uh, bazookas <laughs> they're from the future they can do anything yeah yeah but that wraps up this episode listener thank you for joining us and jordan see you next week see you then diamonds continuum drag is recorded in toronto ontario theme music by james rex siedler Produced by Jordan Dulloch and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Hughes.